Hello, it is September 23rd, 2021, and you're listening to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast. Well, I quit drinking yesterday. I left my job down at the pay and say, I ain't gonna let them have my day. Well, I'm too young to be this way. I'm married, Georgia, back in May. Got two and one more on the way. I figure I'll give myself a break. I don't care what her daddy say. Twenty-five and wasting time. Uh, I know. Another week, another missing Tuesday show. I apologize. You know, I wish we got paid to do this, but alas, we don't. So I have. I got to work another job. I got to feed the family. It's a real shame. Uh, today, I'm going to be solo. It's just me, Huck, your host. Uh, Scott is on his way back from Baytown. He also has a job. Uh, again, a real shame. But hopefully, as the, as the year goes on and things start to calm down, we can get you two shows in a week. Uh, before I get into recapping week two... Uh, I want to give you some predictions, some fun predictions. Obviously, it's a long season. Uh, so, you know, this is just something after two weeks. But I want to give the best bet for first place and last place in our league. So here goes. Brad is my last place pick. And I know that's easy pickings. He's 0-2. He's in last place. Uh, but that, that moment I saw Christian McCaffrey go down, which is obviously the, the bright spot of his team or one of the only bright spots of his team, I thought his season might be over. And we've talked about in previous podcasts that Christian McCaffrey might be his ticket to climbing the standings, not by getting him points, but merely by seeing what kind of value he can get by trading him away. Thus far, he has chosen not to do that, which is okay. It's week two. I mean, I'm sorry, it's week three now. Um, But the rest of his team has many holes in it. And we'll go over that in, in our matchups later on in this episode, but also the fact that his defense is truly now one of the worst. He's gone with that all or nothing defense approach, trying to get uh, interceptions and sack force fumbles. That is going to cost you more weeks than most. So that's why I have Brad in last and projected my guess, my bet to get last, uh, which is a, a, an honor that nobody wants in our league. Um, for first, I'm going to go with the professor. I told you last week I was really disappointed in his loss. He came out this next week and gave his uh, best attempt at trying to get a record 234 points, which is amazing, uh, especially this early in the year. Really put it on the Fupa Slayer and just from top to bottom. Looks pretty good. Defense is kind of straying behind. Uh, this is also one of those defenses that I've said is is one of the weaker defenses, but he's used some moves. Uh, he's he's trying to put something together that, that can be formidable going forward. So I expect his defense to play better as time goes on and for him to continue to make moves to to get into the one of those top spots. I mean, Tom Brady is currently number two in our league. 
uh, Ageless Wonder, and Kirk Cousins is number six, I believe, in total points. That's tough to compete with on a week-to-week basis. Anyway, let's go over week two and how that went. Uh, let's see. The, the biggest disappointment, I, I have to go with my own team. 122 points was the least in the league. My team just never got it going last week. James Winston showed that he was James Winston. And was it Carolina's defense? Was it the fact that James is just not as good as we thought he was? Possible. Uh, But we will see the Carolina defense place the Texans tonight. Maybe not the best test with going up against the Texans and Davis Mills in his first start, but it is something to think about. Uh, the defense that I've touted on all year long or since, you know, since I drafted them did not show up. Nobody scored more than six and a half points. And I had a few, almost zeros. Cole Kmet, a pickup before the week, got half a point. Uh, it's just one of those weeks. I'll say this one. I've said this once. I'll say it again. Fantasy football is not how many games you win, but how you respond to the games that you lose. Do you blow it up after one loss? No, you do not. Do you give up on your strategy after one loss? No, you do not. It is week three. We'll move ahead with the strategy that we put together, and we'll see how that works out. But congratulations to Chase. He needed to bounce back. I knew the Packers would, and he did. Uh, Let's see. The... The uh, team that I, I, I was most proud of last week probably is Cameron. Uh, I had him pegged to be a little bit more closer with Brad. Uh, I was wrong about Taylor Heineke. Uh, Heineke came out and showed that he's a formidable quarterback for this Washington football team. Is he somebody that I would start every week? No. Is he somebody that I have confidence for the rest of the season? No. But he played well last week, and, and he's somebody that maybe you can have confidence in playing him in spot points throughout the year. Um, Patrick came in, caught a touchdown. That's whenever you have a transaction come in and score a touchdown, that's great. Uh, a lot of help from Roquan, which is always to be expected. Uh, it, was, it was a good week all around. Uh, lost Tyrod, but before he got lost, I mean, had a pass TB, rush TD, was doing his best Cam Newton 2014 impression. Um, good week, Cameron. Hopefully you can keep it up. All right, let's get into the week three matchups here. Uh, you know, I know it's not the same when you don't have Scott coming back with his witty responses and knowledgeable injury predictions, but I will do my best. Okay. Let's start with Dad versus Camacho. All right. I mean, this is probably a simple pick. This is why we make the spreads. So, you know, uh, oh, the spread, by the way, is minus 10. So we're going to go double digits on Camacho. I thought that that was a good number uh, for this. Uh, obviously, I'm going to take Camacho. Uh, you know, the big reason here is Joe Burrow against Pittsburgh on the road. Not Does not excite me. The general weakness of Brad's team. Uh, we, I've talked about his defense earlier. 
Uh, it's just he's going all or nothing. Uh, he hasn't built this team very well uh, from an offensive standpoint. If Brad is going to win, he needs a ton of points out of Christian McCaffrey tonight. Um, the fact that Chase is starting court, Pat, is interesting. Uh, I, I like to see points out of Corpat, even if it was against me last week. I mean, that was impressive. You, you know, I, I, I'm not a hater in that, in that standpoint. I, obviously you guys remember me last year. I was a huge Corpat fan. Uh, you know, I, I would die for the man. Uh, it just so happened that he scored more touchdowns yesterday, or I'm sorry, last week than he did all year last year, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, and the fact that he's playing him shows that maybe he has a lot of confidence in beating Brad. Uh, and that he will play him over Gaskin. It's an interesting choice, to say the least, to uh, play Boyd over Hardman um, and Patterson over Gaskin, but he's going to go ahead and do it either way. However Chase wants to chop it up, I think he has this one by more than 10, and that starts tonight. I am taking Chase. Next up in our hierarchy of matches, we've got Disco Lemonade versus Rutherford B. Hayes. Uh, this one's interesting. It really is because Neil is on a super hot streak. Uh, the, the spread that we have is Disco Lemonade minus six and a half against Rutherford B. Hayes. Uh, I just don't see the Stafford to Cup uh, hot streak continuing like it has in the past. I know they're playing at home against Tampa Bay, who has been susceptible in the air. Um, and although I do think this is a shootout, I don't think the the Stafford Cup connection um, is going to work as well. People have talked about how Cup versus Robert Woods has been a little lopsided uh, early on in the season, and that's totally true. And I, I, I figured it to balance out. If you were game planning against the Rams going in, it's obviously going up against the Stafford Cup connection and talking about that going forward. I think the Rams, although Henderson uh, has been a little beat up in the first few weeks, go on the ground. It's a huge Henderson week against Tampa, and Robert Woods gets his work in. So while I do think Stafford is going to have a good week, I think Cup is not going to hit that 15 points. Alvin Kamara has been pretty awful the first few weeks, and I don't think that changes any against New England stout defense. Uh, he's probably going to have a rough time there. On the other side, uh, Derek Carr against Miami and Teddy Bridgewater against the Jets are favorable matchups in my eyes. I think that they're going to clear their projection. Uh, you always love to have that Monday night guy. We'll see if Amani or Amari Cooper can go. If he does, then I think that he has a good week. I know, I know. It's weird for me to say Amari Cooper having a good week is a thing. Juju Smith-Schuster is somebody to look at. Uh, I know Deontay Johnson says he's going to play this week, but obviously he might be playing on a bum leg. Playing on a bum leg with a bum bin, uh, you know, people might look at Juju in a different light. I look at him. I look at Juju as a solid target, somebody that's on the upswing. I was wrong about Juju. I thought he might be the third 
uh, receiver going into every week. And he looks like a solid target and somebody that they're hitting on screens and in the short game. Somebody that we thought might be Claypool is now turned into Juju. So have a look at that. If Barkley does get to play, which I think he will, um, he, he's getting his reps managed in practice. I think he has a huge game against Atlanta, something that we've been looking for out of Barkley all year long. I'm going to take Rutherford B. Hayes with the six and a half points and maybe Rutherford B. Hayes to beat Disco Limiting. Next up, Eternal Touchdown against Maestro. Now, Eternal Touchdown has told me, please, please, please do not lock me. I'm going to do my best to explain why or why not I'm going to lock Eternal Touchdown. Justin Herbert against Kansas City might be the highest scoring matchup that we see all year. It's going to be a huge game in Kansas City. I'm going to take the over in that game. Russell Wilson against Minnesota. Another huge game. I mean, this is kind of the reason that I did the nine and a half. These two quarterbacks are going on a road, on the road, and going to have huge matchups. On the other side, the maestro quarterbacks play each other. Uh, Chicago's defense looked pretty, pretty good uh, last week. Justin Fields gets his first start, which, gosh, Michael has to be happy with that. I mean, that that headache is over. If only Neil could solve that on the other side uh, with the 49ers. But I think that between the two quarterbacks, eternal touchdown scores 70-something points. It's going to be huge games for Herbert and Wilson. And with that, you're going to have Allen and Metcalf in the mix. It's a tough week to play eternal touchdown. If there's any chance that Maestro comes close in this game. He's going to have to get within 20 points and have Zeke on Monday night show us that he actually is that RB1 over Tony Pollard. In addition, Dallas Goddard, Monday night. He can have some hammers. Devontae Smith, Monday night. It's always good to have those Monday night hopefuls. Uh, you know, we saw it last week with the Packers. Anything is possible. If you are down by 40 points, 50 points, it could happen. But I think he's just going to be so dejected by Monday night being down by 60-something points and not being able to come back against Eternal Touchdown. I'm going to take Eternal by 9.5. Next up, we've got Fupa Slayer versus Rumham. The spread on this one is three and a half minus from him. Again, another Monday night. You've got Jalen Hurts Monday night against Dallas on the road, a weak defense. I've liked Jalen Hurts this year. I think he's been one of my pleasant surprises. Somebody that I thought might struggle when they brought in Minshew. And they talked about Watson, you know, being part of the team. But he's come out and proven that he deserves to be the quarterback of this team. Trevor Lawrence has thrown a ton of times through his first two weeks. And I don't think that's going to stop against an Arizona defense that's susceptible through the air. I think he also has a good week and a bounce back week. And maybe we start to talk about this guy being the Andrew Luck uh, type talent that 
people thought he might be. I noticed that Trevor was not able to get rid of Clyde Edwards Hilaire, so he sticks with that. And I think that might be to his advantage. Because again, I said that this week there is going to be a lot of points in that Chargers and Chiefs game. On the other side, Josh Allen versus Washington and Goff versus Baltimore. Can you think of two defenses that you want to play less than those two? Uh, it's rough. Um, Tyreek Hill, very nice in that game, which is part of the reason why this gap closes. Uh, Indianapolis, they're going to look to run the ball. Jonathan Taylor is going to get his points, going to get work. They're going to dare. Uh, the Tennessee defense is probably going to dare uh, some mixture of Hunley, Hunley and Eason to throw it. And if they do, then, you know, good for them. But I, I still think they're going to have to depend on Jonathan Taylor, who's a great running back. We just haven't seen him get his work. Um, I also think you see Kittle break out on Sunday night. One thing that you want is Kittle in primetime. I like Kittle against that Green Bay defense. I just don't think it's going to be enough against Rumham. I'm taking him minus three and a half for the game of the week. Next up, we got Last Man Standing versus The Professor. This is a great game. So it's even. I don't know why this is not the game of the week. I don't know why we're not talking about this as as one of the uh, premier games because both these teams are great. We've got Hedeman at 2-0 and Cause at 1-1 coming off a 230-point week. I love both these matchups. Kyler Murray against Jacksonville projected to get 28 points. He's the number one scorer in fantasy thus far. I love it. Against the number two scorer in fantasy, Tom Brady. I've already talked about the Kirk Cousins matchup with Russell Wilson. I like that game to be over as well. Uh, Matt Ryan, eh, a little bit disappointing this year. I've said that Matt Ryan's probably uh, hit his twilight uh, years in, in Atlanta and is probably on his way out. Hopefully, against a weak Giants D, he puts up some points. And I think he will. I think he can surpass uh, the 20.47 that he's projected. But in the quarterback matchup, I think Professor takes that one. One of Professor's strengths, huge strengths, is his receivers. Three receivers that could be wide receiver ones. All having great matchups. Some of them taking away points from Kyler Murray on the other side. Another point for the Professor. It's Gonna be close. I mean, Devontae Adams, Tyler Lockett, and Kirk are nothing to sneeze at. But on the other side, you've got the number one trio of receivers in the league. Aaron Jones had a monstrous week with four touchdowns last week on Monday night. Going against San Francisco on the road, another primetime game. I like him here. Aaron Jones is one of those running backs that I've always downed just because, again, you're in that offense that likes to chunk it, throw it around a lot. The thing is, Aaron Jones has been show, shown he can be a reliable receiver. Two touchdowns last week through the air. I like him again this week. 
Harris at running back against New Orleans. They're going to try to control the clock. That's probably a lower scoring game, I would I would believe. But Harris will definitely get his work. Ingram tonight, as last man standing, as Hedman tries to replace Josh Jacobs, who's got a toe problem. I like that matchup. You may see some Philip Lindsay in it. It's it, who's to guess. Uh, but I think Ingram probably gets more points when the Texans are ahead. We've only seen Mar- uh, Mark Ingram have one good week, and it was when the Texans were ahead. But I do like Henderson on the ground, like I said, against Tampa Bay. Who's got the better defense? Oh, it's Hedman by far. Cunningham, Smith, Baker. It just puts Schobert, Jones, and Brown to shame. And obviously the DBs. He's got a huge leg up. As I've said all season, defense wins championships. And I love when people put the emphasis on defense like Hedeman has. However, the quarterbacks and wide receivers and Aaron Jones factor just blow Hedeman out of the water this week. And I think give Professor a really big lead. Uh, especially going into Sunday night where it'll be Devontae versus Aaron Jones. So I'm going to go ahead and take the professors this week to win straight up. Okay, here we go. One of the last matchups, Notorious versus Unicycle Polar Bears. Now, Notorious is projected higher than any other team this week. Out of the 0-2 spot. Interesting. Interesting to say the least. I think a lot of that to do has to do with his defense and how highly it is projected. And they have played pretty well. Um, it's his offense that has been pretty god-awful thus far. Lamar Jackson missed practice today, which is alarming, yes. But I think he gets out there against Detroit, unless it's something COVID-related. He said his hip hurt from flipping into the end zone. So maybe don't do that. Uh, Ryan Tannehill against Tennessee. This game's probably going to be controlled by Derrick Henry on the ground. I don't, unless Ryan Tannehill comes out and gets a lot of touchdowns in that first half, you're going to see a heavy dose of Derrick Henry. I don't know if if Ryan Tannehill comes away with 23.33 points that he's projected. As far as the receivers are concerned, Danny's kind of in trouble. He's failed to go out and make a trade after he went ahead and let go of Jamar Chase. And Antonio Brown, who I really like this season, I've thrown multiple trades at Danny for him, has decided that he's going to eat a bowl full of COVID and miss this week. I don't like his his matchups at all. Again, these are not defenses you want to see going on the road against Pittsburgh with Mixon and staying at home against Baltimore with Swift. I don't think they reached their projected points on, on that side. And while I do love his defense, I just don't know if it's going to be enough to overcome on the other side. Let's talk about it. Heineke against Buffalo. I, I just got done praising Heineke, but I just don't know if going on the road in Buffalo is going to be the best situation for him. Zach Wilson has been literally the worst quarterback in the league. Four interceptions through two weeks. I'm sorry, 
six interceptions through two weeks. I've got to check my stats on that. And he's just not playing well. I think he plays better than he has in the past and clears that 14.4. It's a bold prediction. But Denver's still a stout defense, even with a lot, some of their injuries that they've sustained so, thus far. Bradley Chubb, to name one. But I think he scores more than 14.4, less than 20. A formidable you know, quarterback, too. I like the receivers on, on Cameron's side. I think they, they're so much better than what Danny has, even though they're projected a little bit under his. Cook, big game against Seattle. I think that that's going to his running backs, Mitchell and Cook, are going to be a big part of Cameron keeping this close. Now, on the defensive side, I think Cameron has a better defense. He's done well with putting together a defense that is pretty good. So if I had to guess this week, I'm going to take the five points that I gave Cameron and roll with it. I'm going to pick Cameron with the spread. Last game, important game. People laughed and said, wow, you're giving four and a half points to somebody who just scored 200 and is 2-0. Yeah, I am. Because it's only been two weeks. We don't really know these teams 100% yet. I don't know my team. He doesn't know his team. And thus far, right now, which I don't know if it's going to stand, he's starting J.D. McKissick at running back over James Robinson, who is really severely underplayed. But is it enough to start J.D. McKissick, a clear third down back? I don't know. Big Ben has pain in his shoulder every time he plays. And if I know anything about the Steelers and Big Ben, he's going to play through the pain. Why? Because maybe the Steelers think he's a better option, even hurt, than a terrible backup Rudolph. I don't know. But it still doesn't play good, even with a good matchup against Cincinnati. Mahomes is his team. This is what happened when he traded away Metcalf and Russell Wilson. And I think he clears that 30.96. It's going to be a big game for Mahomes, which there's not a lot of games that aren't big for him. The week, the reason that I favored myself was because Deontay Harris, Debo Samuel, a wobbly Deontay Johnson, David Montgomery on the road, a newly picked up Knox, tight end, and a questionable defense, it just doesn't spell like a ton of points. I think the 169 is a pretty good projection for where Darth Scott stands right now. Now, if he plays James Robinson, which I think he will, because I don't think Scott's dumb, I think that he may keep it closer in the 170 to 180 range. But I still don't think he's better than my team, and here's why. Sam Darnold's going to get some good work tonight, and I think that 21.27 is very low for somebody who's eighth among all quarterbacks in our league. Sam Darnold might get one on the ground, two through the air, is my prediction, and the Panthers clear that spread of eight points. Jameis Winston's going to have a rough time going on the road in New England. 
And I'm ready for that because I don't really have a lot of choices. Hopefully Ridley gets the normal work that he has against the Giants on the road. And it's always nice to have a Monday night hammer like C.D. Lamb, who has been the apple of everybody's eye in trade talks. I'm not worried about my running backs, Eckler and Mike Davis, who have great matchups, and Eckler being part of that big point game, the, the game that you want your fantasy players to be a part of. I like Koo against the Giants. I know I haven't really talked about anybody else's kickers, and I'm sorry, but Koo is one of those players that I drafted pretty high as number two kicker, uh, so they come out and score points. Thus far, he hasn't missed a kick, which you know I like, but he's only scored two points or six points in two separate weeks. I like my defense much, much more than Scott's defense, which factors in to the four and a half. I'm going to take myself minus four and a half over Darth Scott. Now, before we go, I wanted to give a couple free agents that I've had my eye on over the last few weeks, just in case you need a offensive player or defensive player going into this week. We'll start with Brian Edwards, the wide receiver for Las Vegas. He was number one or one of the number one picks uh, last year for the Raiders, along with Henry Ruggs. Brian Edwards shows has shown after a dormant year last year that he can be trusted by Derek Carr. He had four targets week one, got that you know touchdown stolen at the very end when he was a few inches short of the goal line, and they ended up fumbling. Is huge fiasco anyway. Uh, but four targets, or I'm sorry, five targets week one, four catch for 81 yards. And he got three targets last week for 40 yards. I think he's on the upswing. And uh, once teams start to really zero in on Darren Waller, as we saw that Baltimore did last week, I'm sorry, two weeks ago, uh, we will, or I'm sorry, was that last? That was, <laughs> time's gotten away from me. Uh, once teams start to zero in on Waller, it'll open up more targets for Ruggs and Edwards, just like we saw a big week out of Ruggs last week. Brian Edwards is definitely deserving of a wide receiver three spot on somebody's team. On defense, I know I'm not a huge fan of the whole all or nothing thing that that I've talked about, a weakness of Brad's team and other teams, to, you know, to be frank. But Josh Uche... Their first-round pick, New England's first-round pick last year, has come out and had a sack in both games. When talking to Dante Hightower and some other people prior to the season, they mentioned that Uche was somebody to really look out for uh, upcoming this year. He works harder. He's faster than most other players on that team on a really, really good defense. And if he can get some open spots and get the ball loose, he could be a big help to your, to your linebacking crew. Pick him up at your own risk because he is sack dependent, but could win you a week one of these weeks. All right, that's it. That's all I got for you guys. Again, sorry, uh, you know, for the absence of a Tuesday show and 
I know we're all missing Scott Chedick, who's still on the road. But we'll be back next Tuesday to recap week three and get you ready for week four. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week. I saw a postcard on the bridge An eagle flying over that mountain ridge Where I'm headed now there ain't nobody knows I think I packed my grip and go Johnny Fred's in cold water The only reason I keep my radio on Maybe a little bit of Justin Townsend along the side I'll meet you on that by and by